They called us monsters, so monsters we became. We are monsters out of the closet. I'm Nicole. And I'm Shreya. The universe is an ever-expanding void of mostly empty space and existential ennui. How do we reckon with the distance between our familiar homes and the great unknown? These uncomfortable moments of contact with the alien leave us with more questions than answers. Can a missing person ever really be found when they have no home to return to? What fragments do they leave behind? These questions are the focus of our first piece, The Bermuda Tapes, written by producer Nicole Kaland, with additional performances by Sheila Began, Shreya Venkatesh, Matthew Aranda, Eric Little, Katie Humans, Liesl Matska, Janine Carmel, and Abigail Birkin. The Coast Guard is investigating the circumstances surrounding the missing ship piloted by 26-year-old Alex Cordero. Source revealed the last contact with Cordero was six days ago when they radioed for updated weather conditions. Roughly one million square mile area known as the Bermuda Triangle, or Devil's Triangle, has long been associated with bizarre disappearances and unexplainable phenomena. Classified Air Force reports beg the question, was Cordero killed in a training exercise gone wrong? Guard won't admit that there's something non-terrestrial here. I mean, come on, it's the freaking Bermuda Triangle. Some speculation that Cordero, an experienced sailor, was in a despondent state and could have been suicidal. It's a somber day as family and friends gathered to mourn Alex Cordero, the young sailor now presumed lost at sea. Six months after the disappearance, could this abandoned ship be the key to solving the Cordero case? Cordero was not found aboard the ship, discovered just yesterday off Cape Elizabeth, over 800 miles from its last known coordinates. Completely bizarre! No damage to the ship, nothing out of place, no distress call, no body, nothing. What the hell happened to Cordero? Expert at the National Weather Service stated, There is no conceivable way for a ship of that size to travel that distance unmanned and unnoticed. Investigators have hope that a set of audio recordings recovered from the ship may shed light on Cordero's fate. Log 17. Another clear day today. Ocean calm, sky clear. Just a few tiny clouds in the distance. I I swear they haven't moved since yesterday. (laughs) I guess even paradise gets old after a while. Might do some fishing soon. Get back in the water while the weather stays this good. Log 18. Caught some barracuda and a snapper today. Scuba for a while. Saw some cool reef fish. It was awesome. Then I remembered how much you'd go nuts for the parrotfish. You just loved its dumb little mouth when we'd go to the aquarium together, and <clears throat> I guess that's why it's so hard, the breakup. Because I always imagined sharing this trip with you, but instead, you know, you're not here. You're back home in Greensboro. <sighs> home. Shit. I used to think I could be home anywhere. I, I never used to feel like I needed a home, but... When I lost you, I 
I lost my home too. Lock 25. I'm a little cranky because I'm not sleeping much. And now there's this like weird clicking sound coming from underwater in all directions. Yeah, I record some of it. annoying as hell. It's too shallow for whales. Could be dolphins, but uh, I just don't want it to be some military sub. You would have hated that. Luckily, you always were a deep sleeper, Maisie. You know, even though you see the covers, I never slept better than next to you. This is dumb why I bother. Security, 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 all stations. This is Motor Vessel Magic Schooner Bus, Whiskey Bravo, India, 43903. Security, position is roughly 2802 north and 7305 west. Please be advised there's some sort of flat practice to my north northeast, half a mile out. The aircraft lights may pose some navigational risk as they do not move in a traditional manner. Recommendation do not steer by those lights. Over and out. Log 30. The weather's getting a little weird. Storm clouds are rolling in. Um, it's weird. My, my barometer looks fine, though. Uh, either way, I'm hoping to break through the clouds just in case the weather turns. Those uh, flat tests might be doing something screwy with the magnetic fields or something. Because my, my radio's on the fritz. The voices coming through are real garbled and... I don't know, it doesn't sound like normal maritime chatter. It's pretty hard to make out what they're saying. I'll try to get things fixed and get on my way. Day 30... 32? I don't... Uh, I don't sleep anymore. I just keep playing it over and over in my head things I said, but maybe even more damn the things I didn't say and wish I did. It's like, I know I'm a fuck up at the same time. I don't understand why you didn't even try to fix things. I, <laughs> I would have done anything to make you happy, but it wasn't enough, I guess. Shit. The whole thing just breaks my heart a little more every day. My heart feels so heavy for missing you, I could just sink to the bottom of the sea. Some days I really wish I would. I'm just... I'm just so sorry. Sorry, Maisie. I love you. Pan Pan, uh, San Juan Coast Guard. This is Motor Vessel Lazy Susan Whiskey Bravo India 4393 requesting weather information over. This is San Juan. Please switch and listen channel 68 over. Switch in channel 68 over. 
current position? Over? Uh, I don't know. How, how close am I to Myrtle Beach? Over? Our sat shows you pretty far off. Closer to 29 north and 72 west. Are you in distress? Over? I thought... No, 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 I'm fine. I, I just need to know if there were any odd weather patterns in my area. Over. Our information shows clear visibility, calm currents, just a chance of mild showers later this week. Over. Uh, that's all. Over. Nine one one. What's your emergency? There's some naked person just walking around town. I was minding my business, walking the dog down the street, looked around, and then bam, there they were. All right, slow down. Where are you? Bessemer Elm in Greensboro. Do you feel threatened? They're naked. Okay. What is this person doing? I don't know. They seem lost. Maybe they're drunk. All right, ma'am. Just just give them some space. We're sending someone. Missing sailor Alex Cordero was discovered alive yesterday, a year after vanishing without a trace in the notorious Bermuda Triangle. However, their reappearance raises even more baffling questions. Found naked. No injuries. Hundreds of miles away. Looking the same as when they disappeared with no memory of the past year. Textbook UFO abduction. He was spotted, of all places, just a few hundred feet from the home of Maisie Dukovny, their former girlfriend. Some skeptics are calling the entire disappearance a hoax. Perhaps a desperate act to win back former partner Maisie Dukovny. If this is some Lonely Hearts hoax, man, I gotta tip my hat to Cordero to love this girl enough to fake an entire alien abduction in the freaking Bermuda Triangle? That takes some serious ball. Maisie. Maze? You there? Please don't hang up, please. What do you want? I, I'm just calling because I'm, I'm sorry I put you through this. The reporters, photographers, this media circus on your lawn, it, it's not right. All right. No, no, it, it isn't. You're right. Of course it's not, Alex. I thought you were dead. I thought you died alone out there. That... Maybe you drowned. Maybe you starved. Maybe you killed yourself. <laughs> we didn't even have a body, Al, but I... Is it true? Was this all some joke? Some way for me to feel bad? Because it worked, you bastard. No, I swear. I, I don't remember what... Uh... I missed you. What? No, I mean, that's the only thing I remember. I don't know where I was, what was happening, or how long. I just, I just remember missing you. Maisie, I still love... Goodbye, Alex. No, Maisie. Continue breathing deeply. Let your body relax. Good. Now, Alex, I'm going to count down from ten, and when I get to zero, you're going to be back on your ship at sea, right before things get blurry. 
not if you understand. Good. Let's begin. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Alex, where are you? Um, I'm on my boat. Do you know where you're headed? No, my navigation isn't working. The compass is, is spinning in all directions. I can't even tell if my boat is moving. Everything looks the same. What do you see around you? It's, uh, it's really dark. The clouds, they come in all around me. Like a, like a wall of shadow and, and the water. What about the water? It's white. Totally white. But I, I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound still. What sound, Alex? It, it's, the, it's the same clicking. I've been, I've been hearing it at night. Oh, oh God. What's happening, Alex? I don't, I don't know. It's okay, Alex. You're safe. Keep going. The clouds are getting darker and darker and darker. No, 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 no. It's, it's coming. It's coming. I'm scared. You're doing great. The light. It, it's here. It's here. Alex, it's here. I need you water. to turn around. It, it's it's boiling. It's spreading. The light's getting closer. It's right behind me. Please don't make Alex, me. I don't want to. I need you no, to turn no. around. Let me go. Let Face me go. it. No. Alex, it's okay. Calm down. Calm. I'm oh, falling. I'm falling. What I'm is happening? Falling. Don't let them take what me. Please. Not huh? again. Oh, someone please. help. No. When I, I'm going to count down from five. Now, when I get to zero, you're going to be back in this room with me. Five, four, three, two. Oh my God! The triangle came back with Cordero. It never forgets. High level of radiation. Problems. No knowledge. Alex, it's me. Where are you? Come home. In the music of Eric Zahn, composed by Michael Evans and performed by the Serious Quartet, a tormented violinist keeps malicious interdimensional beings at bay on the strength of his haunting music. This piece transforms H.P. Lovecraft's xenophobic allegory into a love letter to eerie, unique, and tumultuous experiences.
Sometimes the mundane becomes too much to bear, and we yearn for the strange, the nightmarish, and the transcendent. The Orb by Sara Lopez takes us through an alien abductee's surreal and hair-raising encounter. Every night you've surrendered yourself. You knelt in silent worship as blades of grass created deep impressions in your knees with your arms limp and lifeless at your side. Night after night you gazed up at the big blue orb in the sky with your eyes big as the moon like a flightless moth transfixed, stunned, to this spot for days, months, waiting and waiting and waiting. How you longed for this moment. Has come. A thick wall of mist looms in front of you. You reach out with both hands to wave some of it away. The mist is so thick that your hands come back dripping wet. Behind you is a wall without an entrance. You're not sure how you got here. Suddenly, your fingertips begin to itch. As you rub them, they swell and soon your skin is tight and red and hot. Your fingerprints swelled like overripe tomatoes about to burst in half. Your palms burn like being pricked by a thousand tiny needles. Then you feel an unbearable itch in your lips so intense that you want to bite them off. Your lips swell and you begin to feel the same prickly sensation on your cheeks and your chin, as if the hairs on your face were being plucked from your skin. Your face swells so much that soon it feels like a mask made of rubber. Your cheek hangs off your face and your lips droop in a permanent pout. It becomes clear that you need to find an exit. You walk into the mist, arms extended, reaching out into nothingness. Then your eyelids become heavy and begin to force your eyes closed. You lift your brow to counteract it, but then realize that vision is useless here. feel something stuck at the back of your throat. You fish into your mouth with your swollen index finger and you feel nothing there. Soon swallowing becomes more difficult than impossible as the back of your throat begins to swell. You 
panic. Wheezing through your mouth, you begin to feel lightheaded. You brace yourself as the room begins to spin. You take a few slow, shallow breaths and keep moving. With your eyes swelling shut, it is difficult to tell if what you see is real or your mind playing tricks, using your eyelids as a canvas to paint thoughts and images. You keep moving, every so often knocking into the walls of the room that encloses you. bloated, outstretched hand comes across a heavy metal door, situated in the cool concrete wall. You reach for the handle and open it. As quickly as you can, you slip through and turn around to seal it shut behind you. As you do so, through the crack of the door, you think you catch a glimpse of three pale, white faces peering at you from the mist. Instantly, you feel the swelling in your body subside, and you can breathe. You notice you're standing in a few inches of water. You walk forward. The darkness devours you. There's nothing. Except a small yellow dot hovering slightly above your eye level. It gets bigger and bigger, getting brighter and warmer. Soon, the sphere is the size of an apple that could be picked from a tree branch. You extend your arm, but cannot touch it. You look around at the blackness. You listen. Nothing. But... an angry buzzing. You look back at the sphere. It shines brighter and brighter, blinding you. You turn to look away, but the light follows you, tracking your eye movements. Wherever you look, your eyes are forced directly into the small ball of light. Your eyes dart around, but the light follows. You try to blink it away, but the light follows. You spin around, but the light follows. The only other thing you can see is the pitch blackness in the periphery of your vision. 
the pitch blackness and the persistent ball of light and the splashes of your own footsteps and something else. You are not alone. Out of the corner of your eye, you see the looming silhouette of a pale, slender humanoid, head tilted to the side, eyes enormous like shiny black discs, piercing through the darkness. You attempt to look at it, but the light prevents you, following your line of vision wherever it goes, as though an invisible line connected it directly to your cornea. You perceive another, both just white impressions against the blackness, like whiffs of clouds suspended in the night sky, illuminated by the moon. They both do nothing. They just look at you. You collapse to the floor, cover your eyes, and lay there incapacitated, praying the light will leave you alone. The water splashes around you as the pale men approach you. You lay there and do nothing. You wake up on your back. Above your head, there's a bright white ring of light, like a large fluorescent iris. Suddenly, the room begins to spin and you lose consciousness. You wake up on your back. Above your head, there's a bright white ring of light. You're on a table, unrestrained but unable to move. You attempt to squint past the harsh glare of the ring. The floor and ceiling are a sterile white, but the walls are transparent. On the other side of the glass, there's... You wake up once more on the table. On the other side of the glass, there's an audience of pale-faced beings silently observing you from afar. After a few moments, the group parts to make way for someone approaching from the back, who upon reaching the glass walks through it with ease. As it draws near, it extends a long, thin hand towards your torso. You see its veins throbbing along its bulbous cranium with a slight neon blue hue. Its face is long and gaunt, like a human face made of clay that was pulled down at the chin. Finally, it reaches your side. One hand hovers above your chest, the other above your stomach. A neon blue glow emits from its hands and you instantly weaken. 
As the room begins to spin again and you struggle to stay conscious, another being appears to your right, another above your head, and another at your feet. Arms stretched out over your body, emitting a vibrant, neon-blue glow. As everything fades to black. Awaken to find yourself lying on your side, knees to your chest, frail and freezing under the midnight moon, back in your bed of grass. You look up at the big blue orb in the sky with your eyes big as the moon. With all your remaining strength, you get off your side and onto your knees, arms limp at your side, palms up, eyes still fixed on the orb. And you kneel there waiting, longing to be brought up again. When we grapple with the idea of alien beings or strange experiences, it is tempting to go on the defensive, to hunker down and protect the familiar, but we must push past this impulse and open ourselves to difference, to discomfort, and to growth. If we reach out, perhaps something extraordinary will make contact. Thanks again to Michael Evans and Sarah Lopez for your contributions to this episode, and also to Sheila Began, Matthew Aranda, Eric Little, Katie Humans, 
Liesl Matska, Janine Carmel, and Abigail Burkett for their performances. Featured songs included Castle Lost, Drafty Places, and Lurking in the Shadows by Eric Matias. Additional sounds were created by Norman Hiddle and Andrasik. To learn more about our pieces, artists, and readers, including links where you can purchase the music of Eric Zahn, please visit our website, monstersoutofthecloset.com. Our next episode, Fairy Tale, will be released on February 26th. Don't miss this dark and romantic double feature. As always, you can stay up to date with podcast news, submission calls, and our love for corny movie references at monstersoutofthecloset.tumblr.com and at pod underscore monsters on Twitter. If you're interested in participating in this show, we are closed for new submissions until March, but we are still accepting volunteer voice actors who can get started on our website's submit page. Special thanks to our supporting producers, Dara Rangan, Lindsay Holt, Sarah Lopez, and Lourdes Kaland, as well as all of our other patrons who help us compensate our contributing writers. But of course, thank you to our listeners for joining us. Monsters out.